Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, this is our 1,650th episode special. And for it, I wanted to uh, bring you a a program I've been wanting to uh, bring you for uh, quite a while. September the 30th of 1962 marks the uh, official end of the golden age of radio. Johnny Dollar and Suspense were the last two major programs that aired on nationwide radio. However, it was far from the end of radio drama in the United States. Indeed, the series Unshackled for Pacific Garden Missions and Heartbeat Theater for the Salvation Army continued to be syndicated. And in addition, the 1970s would see many great radio revival programs. Rod Serling's Hollywood Radio Theater, the General Mills Radio Theater, the Sears Theater, the Mutual Theater, and most famously of all, the CBS uh, Mystery Theater. None of those were actually going to bring you on this program because of copyright concerns. But the earliest radio revival efforts could be traced back as early as 1964. There was Matthew Slade, Private Investigator, a series we hope to bring you once we track down the last part of that elusive Day of the Phoenix story. And then there was one of the grandest of them all, Theater 5. Theater 5 was produced by ABC out of New York five days a week and featured a wide variety of different plays in uh, different genres. Most of them ran about 20 to 22 minutes. So we wanted to find something that would be just perfect uh, for our series. And we found one. Uh, This episode, original air date was January 16th of 1965. And the title is The Button Stealers. What's the matter? Oh, come, come, monsieur. It is late at night. We need a sensible explanation. I told you I was one of a trio. I'm looking for my two partners. You hope perhaps to find your partners in a doorway in an alley off the Rue Mouffetard? Look, just let me pass. (laughs) That's it. Theater 5 presents The Button Stealers. All right, all right, who is it? Kurt Dempster. Kurt Dempster? Open up, Andy. Cool it. What floor were you on? Third. Your office number? 1587. Open up. Thanks. Does the department know you're here? Nobody knows I'm here. I'm sure I wasn't followed. Oh, so that's the way it is. Why me, Kurt? Desperation. How'd you get my address? 
I prayed you hadn't changed your name, Andrew Mallory. I just prayed that you hadn't taken that piece of hard luck seriously enough to change your name. I prayed, looked in the phone book, and there you were, number four rue concierge. Ah. And here you are. Drink? Thanks. Uh, what do you want, Kurt? Communications have broken down, or rather I can't trust them. I figure you can help me. I haven't done any security work for seven years. But what an agent you were. Yeah? The department didn't agree with you when they fired me. Everyone knows it wasn't your fault. You just slipped up and it came out. What are you doing now? Uh, exporting antiques. You like it? Very much. Look, I need help. You know how much I need it. Now, what's it worth to this you? This is a big operation. The huh? biggest. Goodbye. Where are you going? The bedroom. To pack. Andy, you've got to help me. You've got to. Yeah? Get my head blown off or end up in the same? No, thanks. Nobody will know. Uh, cross your heart and hope to die, Kurt. Now listen. No, you listen. Once I had to do it. It was a job. And you were the best. Yeah, and you know what I got for it. And now, now I should stick my neck out because you're in a jam. Andy, will you listen? Yeah, I'll have to until I finish packing. All right. Code name is Operation Trio. Uh, try to make it a quartet, then. If you help... It'll still be a trio. The second agent was killed on the Rue Mouffetard less than an hour ago. Well, change the code name to Duo. There were three of us. Lipscomb, he's a new man, or was, Dieter and me. Lipscomb was coming through from Orel, Dieter from Cambodia, and I just got in from Bucharest. Well, sounds like a great travelogue. Why don't you put it on television? You're worried about your neck. Yeah, you can say that again. I ran tonight. I ran here. But if it were only my life I was thinking about... I know a dozen rat holes in Paris where I could crawl and hide. Well, you've got a job to do. You're a patriot. If you blow this job, there'll be another assignment for you. I live here and I intend to stay alive. Good night and good luck. Andy. I said good night. I'll take it. Hello? Monsieur Malry? We will give you just five minutes to send your visitor out. Well, who was it? You were wrong, Kurt. You were followed. So, you figure that, like it or not, I'm in, huh? How do you figure it, Andy? Uh, just the way you do. Just the way you did when you came here. Now, look, Andy. I told you I didn't think I was followed. I meant it then, and I mean it now. Well, they intercepted Lipscomb on the Rue Mouffetard. I knew they had a pipeline into the operation. Well, that must be true, but Operation Trio required the three of you. They had Lipscomb. Where do they want you? This. Where'd that come from? It's the second button from Lipscomb's jacket. After they got him, I grabbed it and ran. And that's why they're after me. I now have two of the buttons. And Dieter has a third. Right. And if we can make them meet with Dieter, we can still write Operation Trio off as a success. Microfilm? Underneath the buttons. Information from Romania on China's real capabilities for launching missiles now that they have both the A-bomb and the hydrogen bomb. Who says? We know. And with my button and the one Dieter has, we'll know how they move so fast and how fast they're going to go in the future. Now, you know what that's worth in Washington. Yeah, I know, Kurt. Where were you supposed to make the meet with Dieter? I don't know. 
You don't know. Lipscomb was supposed to have that information. Don't you have an emergency number? I tried it before I came here. Line's dead. Well, what about Dieter? Will he be looking for you? Your guess is as good as mine. Let's go. But we can't walk around Paris looking for Dieter. Do you know a little cellar club called La Renaissance? Where? Near the Dumas-Gaux off the Boulevard Saint-Germain. We'll split up. I'll meet you there in an hour. They'll be downstairs. Uh, we're going up over the roofs. Andy. Yeah. I feel a lot better. I don't. Victor, I'm expecting another American. Younger than I. Sandy-haired, blue eyes. He'll be looking for me. His name is Monsieur Dempster. Uh, tell him I'm Monsieur Courbet's office. Ah, good evening, Henri. Andrew, an old friend. An old, old friend who had us without knocking. <laughs> but I am delighted to see you, Andrew. Brandy? No, thanks. At my age, it warms the blood. Yeah. And in your youth, it sharpened your eyes. Well, I was always good at excuses. The surety in every gendarme in Paris will testify to that. It is uh, curious that you should come here tonight, my friend. What can I do for you? Uh, there was to be information exchanged in meetings tonight. You are not back at work. Well, yes and no. Three men, Americans, were to meet. Their names were Lipscomb, Dieter, and Dempster. Uh, two of them were to meet in the Rue Mouftar. They almost did. One of them, Lipscomb, didn't make it. Uh-huh. Uh, the other one saw what happened and ran to me. You knew him? From the old days. And he was willing to involve you? Well, I'm here. I'm looking for the third man, Dieter. And this man, he's necessary? He has the third piece of a puzzle, an uh, information puzzle. But the, the second man, the man in the room of Tar, he is available? No, but his information is. Bien. You may go into my study and watch television or sleep. I shall need about an hour or two. Andrew. Mm. Andrew, wake up. Uh, oh, Henri. Did my friend arrive? Not yet. Oh, but you found out something. Oui. All right, let's have it. I do not like what I have discovered. I couldn't care less. Come on, tell me. Andrew, listen to me. We were together for a long time. This business has a very bad order. Henry. There is no report of any incident on the Rue Mouftar tonight. Well, so What? Look, Henri, you're too old a hand to let that bother you. If, if it's what I think, it would have been hushed up. Andrew, you forget. You forget my sources. You forget why you came to me. There was no incident in the room of Tar tonight. Maybe you're losing touch, Henri. Do you think so? Look, I know Kurt Dempster. As long as you know me? Well, not quite, but Dempster told me how big this was. One man coming from Romania, one from Cambodia. Oh, nonsense. What uh, makes you so sure? Oh. Come. Andrew. 
I would like you to meet Monsieur Colin Dieter. like you to meet uh, Monsieur Colin Dieter. I've heard about you, Mallory, and I know Henri. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come here. Where were you supposed to be? Foul up. Originally, I was supposed to meet Lipscomb and Dempster at Fouquet's upstairs. And I got a flash red from emergency calling the meet off. I call emergency back and the line is dead. Now, you tell me where I'm supposed to Henry, be. Henri, when did we last do business? Oh, some years ago, Andy. Some years ago. Yeah, perhaps times have changed, huh? Times have certainly changed, my friend, but the people have not. Yeah, I'm older, softer. Maybe I've lost my touch. Where is your friend, Monsieur Dempster? Was he not supposed to be here also? Henri, didn't you say this triple operation was nonsense? I did. Dieter? And somebody in Washington is playing games. Hey, one moment, Andrew. Did I not bring Monsieur Dieter here? You sure did, Henri. Knowing that I'd expect Dempster, and that would bring everyone necessary together. Which is what you wanted. Maybe you wanted it, too. You will all remain quite still and place your hands behind your heads. Quickly! Good. And Monsieur Dieter, do not move while my friend removes the buttons from your jacket. Excellent. Thank you so much, monsieur. Well, that's that. You're beautiful, you are, Mallory. When I think of all the stories I've heard about you, the great Andrew Mallory, the first time I meet up with him, he walks me right into a trap. I watch my whole mission go bust, and he says, well, that's that. The whole operation, Dieter? Oh, now you're going to tell me that our friends still need to locate Dempster and his part of the operation. All they have to do is wait until he comes here and then pick up what they want. Good night. I'll go along with you. No, thanks. And Courbet, you know this will be reported. I am afraid so, yes. And remembered. If I were you, I'd start figuring on how to get out of my lease. Henri, I'd... Hate to think those gunmen were friends of yours. I think Monsieur Dieter suspects that perhaps they were friends of yours. No, I don't blame him. After all, it was very strange the way they walked right in, knew he was here, and even knew about the buttons. You remember, Andrew, my saying that this business has a very bad odor? Yeah, I remember. It still has. We will know more when we hear where Monsieur Dieter has gone and what he does. And how will we hear that? I had him follow. Who is it? Mallory. What are you doing here? I owe you an explanation. There's nothing to explain. It's all over. Go home and forget it. I want to talk to you. Open up. I said forget it. Listen, I may have made a mistake. I want to... I'm not going to mention you in the report. Now leave me alone. Look, can you afford a lot of noise up here? The concierge, maybe the police? Well, if you put it that way. Come in. Okay, I was wrong about you. You're still Mallory and you're still smart. How'd you find Courbet? Why? What do you want with me? 
And don't give me any of that. I owe you an explanation. What about the buttons? They weren't the right ones, were they? No, whatever would make you think anything like that. You never would have given them up that easily if they weren't worthless. Man, you don't make sense. You can trust me, Dieter. I never thought I couldn't. Now, that's a lie. Your friends again? Come on, use your head. I wouldn't have had to be here if they found out about the buttons and located you. Is there another way out? Sure. It's Junkster. You in there, Colin? Coming, Kurt. Where have you been? All over town, making sure there was no one tailing me. Been to the Renaissance, and Kobe told me Mallory had come over here. Andy, I've got to thank you. I don't think we'd have made it without you. Oh, now I owe you an apology, Mallory. You have the button? Yeah, here you are. Andy, I've been kicking myself ever since I went to your place, but it did work out, and you're in the clear now. Uh, thanks. I'd better get going. Uh, mind if I come along? Well, not at all. I'll drop you. No, you don't have to. I'll go all the way. Who are you reporting to? Well, do you think that's wise? Don't worry. I won't take any credit. I wasn't thinking of that. Well, then what? Well, if you're seen with me again, where I'm going, they might get the idea you're not really retired. Well, we'll talk about it in the cab. Come on. It's almost like old times. You surely haven't lost your touch, Andy. Not me. It was Courbet. And he's evidently still in business. Well, his restaurant seems to be doing all right. I wasn't talking about his restaurant. I was talking about his connections. Well, I wouldn't know about those. <laughs> Four years out of the service and you're still playing it tight. By the way, you wouldn't like to bequeath whatever hold you have on old Courbet to the service, would you? To you? Why not? What have you got on the old man? It could be almost anything. Courbet's been involved in every racket in Paris, from smuggling and jewel thefts to the black market. Henri Courbet was the most notorious fence and confidant of criminals in Paris when World War II broke out. He was also 50 years old at the time. And that didn't prevent him from heading up one of the most effective resistance undergrounds in Paris. Once I saved his life. A man can almost drown in the sea of gratitude around Paris these days. Kobe works for you because you saved his life, and the Sûreté gives old Kobe a license to steal because he ran a good resistance group. Kobe is not a criminal. Okay. Shall I drop you at home? Don't you uh, think I may still be of some help? Oh, it's all over. Look behind you. Well, it's impossible. Yeah, for a man who takes such care not to be followed, you certainly foul things up, don't you, Kurt? Well, that's not... What were you saying? Uh, were you going to say that that isn't the car you expected to follow us? Have you flipped your lid, don't Andy? Don't tell me you don't recognize a car, Kurt. It's from headquarters. Tell the driver to pull over. Andy, let me handle What's this. What's the handle? You don't understand. You've been away from the service for four years. This is more complicated than you think. Driver, arrête, stop. He won't listen to you. Will you, Kurt? Are you listening to me, Andy? Please, listen to me. You know the service. You know the department we're in. We're clerks, mostly reading documents that are about as important as a purchasing order. And then every once in a while, the government gives you a chance to get your head blown off on a mission that's really important. Well, you tell the driver to pull over. Look at you. One lousy slip, one little error, and they made you retire. Kurt, you... Oh, I know you didn't want to get out. You're one of those guys who love the work, and you were good at it. One lousy slip. One... We haven't got time. Look, I, I, I'll admit I lied to you. I was lying all the time. This hasn't got anything to do with bombs and missiles and launching pads, nothing like that. I wouldn't cross the United States for that. I swear it. Corbet figured it. 
He said that that Cambodia Orel Bucharest Axis was just a fairy tale. Corvée's right. There's no weaponry involved, nothing that can hurt us. All this has to do with is progress on the development of commercial aircraft. The new supersonic type being developed by England and France. Just business, Andy. And there's a fortune in it, a fortune. And you can have half. Half of it's yours, Andy. And you earned it. You earned it. I'll give you just three seconds to tell the driver to stop. All right, Andy. Don't make it any worse, Kurt. Put the gun away. Worse? It can't get worse now. And I'll kill you, Andy. I mean it. You're a loser, Kurt. You were a loser the minute you walked into my apartment. Sure, I know. They set you up just for guys like me. I know that now. But you didn't know from the beginning. From the beginning. You're not that good. Nah, I didn't have to be that good. I knew you needed me for something. Why, the whole setup screamed it at me. But you were so wrapped up in your tissue of lies that you didn't even bother to check the phone book. I'm not in the book, Kurt. So then I called headquarters, even though I'm not working for them. And I found out what you wanted. That they were onto you. And you had to get the Dieter, and you wanted me to locate him. You figured I'd go to Corbet. Open the door. What? You heard me open the door. Now, look. Oh, you look, Andy. I can shoot you and then open the door and push you out, or you can open the door and jump and take your chances. I figure they'll stop to see how you are, and while they're playing humanitarians, I'll be gone. Now, open the door. Driver, turn right at the corner. And, uh, Andy, watch it. Come on, get me. Or I'll break your arm. My friend, are you all right? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Shaken up a bit. And Monsieur Dimster? Yeah, you can ask him when he regains consciousness. Oh, now I'm going to go back to my quiet life as an art dealer. But of course, a man with a terrible record such as yours can never have anything more to do with the department. I'll see you at the Renaissance the next time you need me. The Button Stealers, written by Murray Burnett and directed by Ted Bell. In the cast, Ralph Camargo, David Kerman, George Petrie, and Danny Ocko. Audio engineers, Marty Folia and Neil Pulse. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Ted Bell. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production.
this is Andrew Rines with otrwesterns.com, where we stream live old-time radio westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with a special twist. You select the tracks that get to be played. We've got a thousand different episodes from shows like Gunsmoke, Tales of the Texas Rangers, Escape, Gene Autry, and many more. Come check us out at otrwesterns.com slash live. Again, that's otrwesterns.com slash live. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio with Adam Graham. And now, let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, Theater 5, uh, the way that that series worked is it really relied on the New York actors base, which included soap opera actors, up-and-coming uh, actors from uh, the theater, and certainly long-time actors uh, from the theater. Star of today's program, Ralph Camargo, while he had some radio appearances and, um, uh, and uh, some TV in the 1950s, he was really best known as a stage actor. You also had, of course, George uh, Petrie in this, who starred in a couple different series we've already heard, called The Police and The Amazing Mr. Malone. Overall, I do find it a pretty fascinating series. Occasionally, they'll get some weird scripts in there, but uh, they did a good job, and they also aired just such a fine variety of audio drama, really working to fill the gap left by the... uh, uh, lack of uh, radio drama, kind of trying to provide everything, lasted about a year and it produced 260 episodes, of which 256 are still in existence. And I hope you've enjoyed this little peek at them. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us tomorrow for The Saint, starring Tom Conway, and then join us back here next Sunday as the listener support campaign gets underway. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.